I'll be in 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 1 through 3, and then verse 21. Been on a series of messages simply called Revival Requirements, talking about the life of Josiah and all the different reformations that took place under his kingship and how that led the nation to turn back to God. And so we're going to be talking about that this morning. I do want to point out sometimes the repetition of a word in a scripture will speak to you. And there are about six or seven different repetitions of the word all in this scripture. Would you read with me? Now the king sent them together, all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, to him. Then the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets and all the people, both great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. And then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul, to perform the words of this covenant that were written in the book, and all the people took a stand for the covenant. Verse 21, then the king commanded all the people, saying, keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the covenant. Two weeks ago, we started a series of messages about revival or revival requirements. And we are centering on Josiah, who was an eight-year-old boy who came to the kingship at eight years old. Imagine that. And the Bible tells us that he was able, through his commitment and his dedication, to change the people of Israel so that they would turn back to God. And we define that as revival. And that's really what revival is all about. It is a turning of the people back to God. It is a reviving of what has been dead or what needs to be lifted up or what needs to be changed. That's what revival is all about. As Pentecostals, many times we think of revivals about shouting and about dancing and about singing. And, and that is uh, in our custom, a part of that tradition, but real revival is a turning back to God, a turning back to His desire and to His plan, His will for our lives. And we uh, see that uh, Josiah began to seek God. Now, he didn't have a great history, a great lineage to go back to. His father and his grandfather were very evil men, who promoted idolatry in all of Israel. But Josiah, at age 16, I was thinking, you know, the age is not something that God really looks at. God sees our heart and sees how we think about Him. And at the age of 16, Josiah begins to seek God. He begins to desire 
God's will for his life and for the nation. And he begins to seek after God for his presence, for his will, for him and the nation to return back to God. And, and it's a revival of people following after God and seeking after God. And when we seek God, there is transformation and reformation in our life. You cannot be in God's presence, be it in prayer or be it in worship or be it as we look at the Word and leave the same. There is a power in being in God's presence that is life-changing. We metamorphose in the presence and the power of God. Uh, We are changed. We are turned into new creatures, uh, the Bible tells us, when we're saved. And so there, there is a metamorphosis that takes place, and I am no longer the same that I used to be. And you are no longer that old man, but you are the new man in Christ Jesus. And as we begin to seek after God and seek His will and His desire and His plan for us, there is a transformation. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a change that occurs. And we see that there was revival and restoration, not only in Josiah's life, but in the people and in the nation. Josiah did a second step. He began to purge the nation, began to purge even the temple of all of the idols that were there and that were uh, put in place. And, And we look at the word idol and we think that that has no application in our modern day, but that is far from the truth that we can put things in priority above God if we don't watch out. We may be able to put our job, our occupation, our finances, our loved ones even in priority above God, and that ought not to be, and we will not experience revival when anything takes the place of God. Revival will not hit the people of God and will not restore and refresh and renew and heal the land. He became a purger of the idolatrous ways and the idolatrous people. You see, because the more we seek God, the less things will become idols in our life. Isaiah came into the temple and he said, I see the Lord high and lifted up in his train and his robe fills the temple you see he wasn't thinking about all of the things that the the temple and the beauty of the temple or or making an idol of even an altar what he was saying was I see God and I am forever changed he says woe unto me for I am a man of unclean lips and I live amongst the people of unclean lips So there is this purging of idolatry in our lives that must occur in order for revival to come and to take place. It is a turning away from idolatry, but yet a turning to God that brings revival. Repentance is a turning to God. It is a turning away from the old man and the old lifestyle and the old dreams and desires and turning to God and turning to Him. You see, we must turn to God. We must see Him. We must know Him and adore Him uh, in order for revival to come into our midst and into uh, the people of God. So we must turn. And any time there is revival in the land, the house of God becomes a priority. 
We see this all throughout the history of Israel. Every time they had an evil and a wicked king, the nation would turn away from God and the house of God would lie in ruin. Multiple times we see this. But here, Josiah says, go, I'm sending some people to go to the house of God and to rid it of the idolatry and of the idols and to clean it up and to make the house of God a priority. And we talked about this last week, that the house of God needs to be a priority in the, amongst the people of God. I know that, that this building, this, these four walls is not really all that God uh, calls the house of God or the temple of God, but it is an important place. Uh, we talked last week about our, our giving, making God a priority and finishing this year well. I believe that's a plan of God that this church finished this year well financially in order that it is at a place that it can do even more in the coming years for the kingdom of God. So Josiah repairs, restores, revitalizes the house of God. And while they're there, I can just imagine, they're moving things around. They're tidying. They're dusting the floor. They're sweeping and mopping. They're doing all these kinds of things, and they're making the house of God a priority. And when you make the house of God a priority and Him a priority, then you'll find things in your life that have been lost, things that need to be rediscovered and discovered. And, and what they did was they found a copy of God's Word. We don't know if it was the all of the Pentateuch, the five books of the law, or just the book of Deuteronomy but we know that there was a centering on the word of God that they found the word of God it was a time of revival anytime the word of God is preached in power and authority anytime the word of God is read there is revival that can restore and renew and refresh God's people we need to have a revival of the word of God in our time and in our day the Bible was lost what a sad, sad state of affairs. What a shameful thing that it was lost in all places as the house or the temple of God. And my fear and my knowledge is that it has also been lost in our day in the house of God. That there is an epidemic of liberalism, an epidemic of false doctrine, and so-called progressive churches but they're not really progressive because any time the word of God is lost or left out, we're not progressing. We're regressing. The word of God is powerful, sharp, a two-edged sword. It cuts to the bone and to the marrow, and it tells us who we are and what we are in God. It convicts our hearts. It's a tool of God. It is His Word. He is declaring to us His plan and His provision for us. The book was lost in the house of God. But the book is also lost in many houses in our day. It's lost in the school system. I remember my fifth grade teacher reading the Bible to us. That certainly is not happening today. The thing and the truth of it is, is that you too can lose the book if it's not a priority 
If you are not using it, you are losing it. The Word of God must be a priority in our life. It's powerful. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you need faith in your life, the very faith that you need to even be saved comes through the Word of God. It's powerful. It's His Word for us. His declaration for us. I think you know that there's been times that I've lost a few things. It's kind of common knowledge. Anybody that's been around me knows that I, 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 I'll leave this here. I'll leave my keys. I'll leave things laying around. And, and what I can tell you is that it never makes me feel good that I've lost something. Um, one time I lost my whole set of keys, not just one or two, for three days. And I was very disturbed and anxious about it because I didn't know if somebody had picked them up. I didn't know if they could get in my house. I didn't, I didn't have a key to get in the church. I had to wait on people to open up the doors. And I was disturbed because I had lost something. God revealed to me when I laid down in my chair because I began to pray. And I said, God, you know that's important. I need that. You show me where that's at. And he did. He said, it's in the trash can at the church. I mean, I was in a dream, and he showed it to me. And I thought, that is a weird dream. There's no way my keys are in the trash can at the church. I did not purposefully throw them away. But what I did do was go to Wendy's, and I was in the church van, and when I came in, I didn't want to leave that trash in the church van, so I picked that, tra that bag up, and I threw it in the trash. And I did not realize my keys somehow had fallen into that bag. And I went in, I come in that, that morning, and I opened up that trash can, and I dug down in there till I found that Wendy's bag, and I opened it up, and there were my keys. And I rejoiced because I found my keys. You see, there is a time when you have lost something where you are anxious, but when it has been found, there is rejoicing. There is joy because we have now found the Word of God. And it's powerful. But there's also a convicting power of the Word. So they open it up and they begin to read. Josiah's secretary reads to him the book of the law. And he tears his clothes. He rents his clothes. He's humbled because he knows that he nor the people have been keeping the word of God. See, there's no revival, no chance of revival without the word of God. Oh, that we would find the word. Oh, that we would rediscover the word in our lives. Do we know how blessed we are to have the word of God? Just to have access to the word of God. Do we take for granted the word of God? Centuries before us, people did not have their own copy of the word of God. Religious institutions didn't want the people to have their own copy in order that they would retain all the power. A man by the name of William Tyndale. Many of your Bibles are distributed by Tyndale. Was executed because he made the Word of God 
available to people in their own language. Imagine. Do we understand the importance of what we have in our possession? This powerful word of God. This word of God that when it's read and when it's obeyed will do mighty things in our life and in the world. This convicting power of the word. We need it in our lives. Josiah read the word and then he read the word, had the word read to him and then he read it to the people. And they responded. If you want your pastor to have a good day, respond to the word. He responded to the word. He made a commitment to the Lord and he shared it with the people and then they in turn made a commitment, a a rediscovery of God and of his word. And it changed. And the nation is transformed. and The people are turned back to God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Word of God. Throughout the whole Bible, it declares the power and the importance of His Word. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, The grass withers and the flower falls, but the Word of God endures forever. Matthew 25, 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. And one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 55, 11 tells us, this is the power of the Word of God, the, the difference-making power of the Word of God. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. What you are hearing is the Word of God is coming out of His mouth. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that which God pleases. That's a revival, folks, when there's a return to the Word of God. Israel didn't just hear, they responded. I'm reminded of James 1, which says, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. But do what it says. My friends, if you want to see revival, don't just read the Word of God. Don't just hear the Word of God, but do the Word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, we've got to do the Word. That's when revival comes. That's when nations are changed. When there's a return to the Word of God. Do what it says. And then the last reform that we see in the time of Josiah, he has the people return to the celebration of the Passover. Why is that important? Because it's a celebration of the redeeming work of God in the nation of Israel. They who were slaves in in Egypt now have been set free. God instructed them to kill the Passover lamb, to spread the blood upon the doorpost. When the death angel came by and passed over, that they would be saved. It's a celebration of all that God had done for Israel. Many of you struggled, and I, I know that. Many of you struggled 
just a, a, a few weeks ago as, as we did communion for about three months in a row, every service. But I'm telling you, there is a link between communion and the Lord's Supper and revival. It's the same link that Israel had in the celebration of the Passover. Why? Anytime you remember what God has done for you, and you think about all that He has done, how He saved you, how He's filled you with the Spirit, how He's redeemed you, how He's forgiven you of your sins. You can't help but be changed and, and their thinking and your mind be changed because we have come to the table of the Lord. His body and His blood for our redemption, revival has come. I felt that when I said it. Revival has come. We can boldly declare that when we've turned back to God and turned to His Word, that revival has come.